Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good afternoon, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. <laughs> That's a rarity. I know. <laughs> I said it yesterday at the end of the show. I said, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. I mean, tomorrow afternoon. It, wow. feels, it feels good to be having Formula One in the afternoon. This is John Massengale. I'm in the studio. Across the uh, across the studio from my friend Jonathan Green. How are you, Mr. Green? I'm all right. Well, I'm all right as myself, and uh, we're getting ready for the Mexico City Grand Prix. We got I'm a- actually genuinely excited about this. Yeah, I mean, look, we got Daniel Ricciardo sitting fourth, two Ferraris on the front row, Max Verstappen fighting his way up. What else do you want, buddy? I know it, it, it really, and you've got fast guys at the back too, with like Lando, Lando. and uh, Sonoda. Yeah, um, because I don't think we actually saw just how. I mean, I think. Alfa not just Ricardo having, you know, uh, an amazing run. I think I think the car looks good, too, for this weekend. Yeah, and exciting was very uh, – qualifying yesterday was super exciting, very interesting, lots going on. So uh, we're going to talk all about that. And Chris Medlin is in Mexico City, and he's got his microphone and his elbows, and he's going to be <laughs> – And his kitchens. <laughs> yeah, he interviewed Daniel Ricardo yesterday, walking and talking – and ended up in the kitchen again, just like last year. He did exactly the same walk and talk. I, I was, it was very deja vu. I was like, was that last year or was that just a few races ago? It was weird. Yeah, very funny. Um, but that's that's the that's the job of a pit reporter. It's a cool job because he's only got a microphone, so he can be yeah. around because uh, he, you know, you don't need to set up with cameras and all the rest of it. So he's very. Uh, dexterous, as it were, as a, as a reporter, but it means that he can also, they see him coming and they know he represents the States and Sirius XM, and that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, it's... Well, it's, it, it doesn't hurt to have your wife as a producer for Sky <laughs> <laughs> feeding... Well, she was feeding him intel about where Ricardo was going to be. That's how he got there. Wait till I speak to my old friends at Sky. <laughs> This, this nepotism. Uh, well, they got their interview first. Let's be clear. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I can assure you. I think I counted eighty people once uh, as the crew, or I was told that there were eighty people on site uh, for an average F one Sky oh. Sky production. How many do we have on site? Just the one. Well, this this weekend, we actually got two. We got two because Bob is down there. Bob Varsh is down there, and we don't know if he's going to be able to join us because. He's doing PA. I doubt it. Yeah, I, I doubt it too. He said uh, he was going to try. Do you remember how much how much we were in the booth in Austin? We did every race. That was the busiest uh, F1 weekend. I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah. We did a bunch of races. So Bob's down in Mexico City doing the PA. I didn't know he spoke Espanol. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know these <laughs> things. We were talking about it before, and I was asking Jonathan, so well, how does that work? And and you say they alternate. Yeah, the, the, they have their own um, regular, you know, in-house um, Spanish-speaking, obviously. Uh, and so they kind of just dovetail it. And, of course, most people in Mexico City speak English. Anyway, I just heard Checo doing an interview in English to the crowd. So, obviously, um, it's not a big deal. But, um, but it's kind of cool. Well, and uh, our producer, Casey, who was not with us for the post-qualifying show yesterday, is here with us today. Yay! He had a very race car-like car incident yesterday he had a he had a rotor catch fire i know he was going 110 and um that could and when you slam on the brakes at that speed flames will unfold he literally had flames coming off of the rotor because he had a caliper lock up and i said dude i 
I've never, I mean, I know it happens, but I've never seen. Is this Norris or Casey we're talking about? Yeah, exactly. I was like, that is very unusual on a road car. So he did not. I I say power to him. I'd love to have had that happen. That's that's a good story tell. I told him, I said, no pictures. It didn't happen. I was was going (laughs) to tweet out the photos of flaming rotors, but uh, but he did not not provide photos. Well, you're going to have to get him a new nickname now, then. (laughs) Crash Casey? No. He didn't crash. Well, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's talk some racing because yes. we got Charles Leclerc on pole again, second race in a row. And how many? I mean, he's had quite a few poles. He hasn't been the best at converting those to race wins, no. but he does have his teammate lined up right behind him, Carlos. I Sainz. think that's the biggest story. It's not so much, you know, Leclerc on pole. It's the fact that Ferrari are in a position, strategically anyway. Um, and I saw an interview with Leclerc a moment ago uh, on Sky that, where he said, um, you know, uh, what's what's the strat? You know, not what's the strategy, but you've got this ability. He goes, well, for the first lap, we just race, and then we then we can maybe think about strategy. And I thought, man, huh. no, we can think about that before the race because <laughs> if you can get science to strategy block before the race, yeah, I know, crazy, eh? Um, but they really should be thinking of working together that first lap, not after the first lap. But I can understand why he said it that way, but I actually think that Ferrari should think bigger picture. Well, they need to keep that position they have past the first corner. Yeah. Keeping, If they can keep Max back uh, and, you know, and get some laps under their belt, there is at least a chance. I mean, Two problems with that. Yeah. Really long run to the first corner, and the first and second corners are almost an impossibility to overtake. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's definitely... They've got to get a great start. They got to have. They got to come off the line, you know, like a rocket, and have, that's the only chance they've got. Because let's let's face it, the the odds are is that um, is that Max Verstappen's going to win this race. But uh, I just let Mister Medland into the show. <laughs> Must have accidentally hit the button that makes you uh, have to allow everyone. And Mister Medland, uh, welcome to the show, my friend. In. I just caught the <laughs> end of that. Uh, yeah, I was I was panicking slightly that I'd been outcast, but uh, <laughs> never good to, good to be back. Uh, just going to fight my way to actually to the grid early because, as we've had before here, it can be a bit a uh, bit messy in this paddock. So I'm going to try and avoid it and get us get us some atmosphere on the grid early. Well, how's the weather down there? First of all, yes, it is beautiful, uh, lovely, warm, sunny, uh, hotter I'd say than we've had actually the last few days. Only slightly, but uh, a little warmer, so that could throw a, a curveball into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good one for racing, though. So when we left you yesterday, there was all sorts of FIA conundrums, yeah. um, but it seems that it's all come out in the wash. And Bar Sergeant, um, everybody, we, we've got a grid that stays the same, and Sergeant was at the back anyway. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I mean, Logan got a pretty hefty penalty, actually, ten place grid penalty. Because he overtook Yuki Sonoda under yellow flags. And in his reasoning, he said he could see the green panel ahead. So he said, well, I knew it was going to be clear. So I, I passed him. He was going too slowly. But uh, basically, as anyone knows, you can't do it based on what you see ahead. You have to do it based on what's around you. And if in a yellow flag zone, you adhere to yellow flag rules. So I, I, I need to find out maybe a bit more detail directly from him. But uh, I don't think the stewards took to that too kindly. So that led to a couple of penalty points for him as well. And that's more telling. So as you say, yeah. he was starting last anyway because he didn't have an actual, uh, uh, actual team uh, that comes because of track limits. 
So he's permitted to start last behind Yuki Sabuda, who has a what order I know, but that is the case. I'm looking at their grid spots right now. Uh, but yes, yeah, six penalty points for the past 12 months. So he's halfway to a one race wow. back. So mm. he needs to uh, keep it a little more, a little more careful today, I'd say. He doesn't need that added to the mix of, you know, trying to make this, make, trying to make a team next year. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that's going to be some huge black eye, but it's not good. And uh, look, he, he's, he's, uh, he was coming into the weekend optimistic, actually, after last weekend, having a nice clean race and getting his first points at home. That was great. But uh, he needs, he needs another good race. He needs all good races from here on out for sure. Yeah. I think Austin ticked the box. He's got to do it again. Uh, and and that and well, I'll say what I said at Austin, which was, it's not that they both need to score points. And boy, Williams's form this weekend has been up and down like a yo-yo. Um, so we don't really know what to expect because the, the 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 obviously the changes in both the temperature change the track a lot here in Mexico. It it just seems to be very sensitive, certainly with Williams anyway. So again, Sergeant needs to be within the realm of Alban, who has been particularly competitive, uh, showing up. A couple of occasions, second quickest on the day in, in some of the practices, but then it all went sort of haywire and qualified. Well, Chris, right before you came on, we were talking about Ferrari, and we've got a couple of clips. Let's hear from uh, our pole man, Charles Leclerc. Are what you is, massively massive, surprised? I am massively surprised, and uh, and uh, the diff. I mean, it's a different surprise than most than the rest of the year. In a way that I think most of the year we've been surprised in Q1, where we straight away got to Q1 and we are faster than expected. But there we got to Q1 and Q2 and we're like, okay, that's as expected. We're going to fight for fifth, sixth. And then we get to Q3 and we put it on, uh, on the front row with the two cars. So uh, it's a late surprise, but a good one. So we're really happy with that. You've got a guy called Max Verstappen starting behind you. Uh, he's quite fast in the races, tends to be. Confident that you can finish up where you start tomorrow? Uh, yes, well, uh, we've got to keep the confidence high. Uh, of course, they are much quicker than us in, uh, in the race pace, but if we have a good start with both of the cars and we manage to keep both of the cars in front, uh, we'll try to make his life difficult. Congratulations, Charles. Thank you. Yeah, Max does tend to be somewhat quick. He, uh, he has been known to have flashes of skill. <laughs> uh, the understatement of the, the year. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, this was a massive surprise. Honestly, they just weren't they weren't there. And, and and you know, right before you came on, we were talking about what they have to do to to try to hold Max off. And they just haven't had race pace this year. Uh, I mean, do you have do you have any magical strategy that you can drop off at the Ferrari garage? <laughs> uh, I can't say magical. Uh, speaking of, actually, a Mario Isola, the pretty boss just walked by i might grab him a bit later to talk strategies but i have lined up a talk with fred Vasseur on the grid today okay. at some stage i'm gonna have to keep my eyes peeled because he'll get busy but i want to know how much the surprise was to him him as well good thing that ferrari has is both cars on the front row and therefore the ability to at least try and work together to hold on to the lead on the run to turn one because i do actually think if they keep one car i mean in a perfect world both cars but if they keep one car ahead of Max Verstappen in the opening three or four laps, I think it will get a bit tricky for Verstappen with overheating. He'll need to cool the car. He can't just follow immediately behind another car forever. So he'll either need to get the move done quickly or it could become a longer game. And, and that does open up opportunities. So uh, really, couldn't have gone much better for Ferrari. And as you say, definitely unexpected. I think heading into Q3, nobody had that on the cars. Listen, uh, Chris, given that you write the official strategy guide for F1, 
um, on the F1 page. What would your? I mean, we're going to hear from Fred, but just ahead of that, sort of, sort of, sort of teasing it somewhat. What do you think strategy offers a one-two start for Ferrari, and and, and in terms of what could they do to help themselves today? I think they're going to have to both start on the medium tyre. Uh, it's a one-stop medium-hard is the quickest yeah. route to the end. Uh, tyre wears not particularly high, degradation is particularly high, and I think you need that bit of grip off the line. Going for the soft would be aggressive. We might see someone try that, but as we've mentioned, Ferrari quite often do struggle in terms of race pace, uh, in terms of keeping their tyres in as good shape as, for example, Red Bull. So if you then go for a softer compound at the start, you're putting yourself on the back foot, even if it might help you get off the line even better. So I'd be surprised if either of them went for the hard because that would give an advantage and track position is going to be key. I think it's more identical strategies. You're almost saying you're going to be sacrificing the second car, whichever one it may be. Don't forget, they did that uh, in Singapore with the clerk. They actually sacrificed him yeah. to help Sykes. Sykes was the guy on pole. Sykes was the guy in the lead. So the strategy for planned where what's the best strategy across both cars that will help Sykes win that race. I think we might see them go for the opposite here with the clerk and say, what's the best strategies we can do that will help the clerk win the race? And it might be that it means Sykes finishes fourth, fifth, sixth because he's left out longer or mm. he's brought in earlier, but not the optimum time for himself, but a better time to help stop anyone get overtaken by or stop the clerk getting overtaken by anyone else. So you use signs to basically force the other teams into a making the decision they may not not choose normally to do, but they're trying to cover him off, right? Absolutely. Maybe pit earlier with him uh, to protect against the undercut from right. Verstappen, forcing Verstappen to pit earlier, which gives Leclerc time to pit at the right time. It, multiple ways. Maybe Leclerc, you pit first to make sure he doesn't get overtaken and Sainz, you let keep running long, holding up Verstappen if he can. Yeah, there's all these permutations where, yeah, essentially, I think you... you slightly sacrifice one for the other, but that's the beauty of having both cars at the front. Mm. All right, well, let's hear from Carlos Sainz right now. Yeah, a bit surprised, of course. I think we, we did a, a very good uh, job to recover after a tricky weekend, very struggling a lot to put together laps on soft tires. And then suddenly in Q3, we just found a lot of grip uh, in our car and uh, keep surprising us positively in qualifying, but it's, for some reason in the race, it's a bit the other way around. No? And tomorrow there's 71 laps and we... We need to hold love a very strong max, so let's see what we can do. There's an opportunity, obviously, tomorrow to take Ferrari's first win here since Alain Prost in 1990. We'd be working with Charles to try and keep Max and everyone else behind? Oh, for sure, this is the, the number one priority, you know, to, to try and win the race for, for Ferrari tomorrow, and I think we are in a great position to do so. Now it's a matter of, um, yeah, making sure we, we put together a, a, a strong race, uh, well thought, well executed. And if we do that, maybe it gives us a chance to beat him. And if not, if he's just simply quicker. Hmm. All right. Before we uh, before we break, we're going to hear from Daniel Ricardo. But I want to get a message in from our sponsor. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60 as the official cybersecurity partner of the Mercedes-AMG Patronus Formula 1 team. CrowdStrike protects against cyber threats so the team can focus on what matters, their next win. The revolutionary cloud-native unified CrowdStrike Falcon platform harnesses the speed and power of the cloud to protect and defend organizations of all sizes against increasingly complex threats, stopping breaches before they happen. Because on and off the track, the stakes couldn't be higher. A split second can make the difference between victory and defeat. When every second counts, protection shouldn't slow you down. It should fuel your momentum. 
CrowdStrike, protection at every turn. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com slash XM. All right, coming up, like I said, right after this, we are going to hear from the number four man on the grid here, Daniel Ricardo. You listen to Speed City? Back up to these messages. I saw you on the camera. I saw you dancing. I didn't realize you had your crowd structure yeah, yeah. on. Well, I was doing it for the camera. Um, so how many how many do you get then? Uh, we get a bunch. We get we get all of them. This is great. We get all this of them. This is great. Yeah, yeah, we get uh, all I of them. I guess I've just completely yeah, yeah. farted it. Yeah, you just All right, let's see what we get on YouTube. The folks are anxious to talk to us because uh, we didn't get to talk yesterday because Casey's car caught on fire. <laughs> and uh, it just sounds too bizarre. Yeah, it? let's see what's going on. Andy P. Great to see everybody back online. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, build up to the excitement for race day. Yeah, Casey's car. Oh, it's Casey's car. Yeah, he his he had a caliper lockup, Chris, and his rotor caught on fire. I told him that's very race car like. Good news is Ferrari have picked him up as a junior driver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, great to hear your tones, buddy. <laughs> Max Godfrey says, I think that was a horse sheesh penalty for Logan Sargent. He got screwed by other drivers. Something needs to change. FI saying it was a that was a that, that was better than way. What what a joke. The main straight is huge. Yes. Uh, there's a good story. I put it in the in the in the document, but we can get to it maybe if if if, if we have time at the end. But the FIA put a, a meeting together uh to discuss things like penalties and what to do about huh. it. Eight drivers showed up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Only eight. Only eight. Hey, uh, Chris, Danny, I mean, Joe from Oyster Bay says, I think Fred Vasseur likes Chris. I guess since you got your, your – he does give he likes plenty Laura, of time. Laura, he likes Laura Winter better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's yeah, I think he does, to be fair. He's, uh, they have some good laughs, but we'll, we'll see what we can get out of him today. <laughs> He's good value. I, I like his style. Uh, Danny is joining us from the Netherlands. I thought we were – wasn't sure we were going all over the world with our YouTube, but maybe we are. Uh, unless Heck he's yeah, got, we've a, got Thailand. He's got a, we, well, he we might have a, a VPN. You never know what people are doing. How, yeah, how but we got a regular from Thailand. That's true. That's true. All right, coming back. Hello to everyone. This is Gunther Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, Chris Medlin, yesterday you got to catch up with Dan, uh, Daniel Ricardo, but I, th- there's an official one that, that we got an interview with Daniel Ricardo from Not F1. as good as the kitchen one, though. Well, it wasn't as good as the kitchen one, but I, I do like a quote in there about Daniel uh, taking off his shirt. So let's hear from Daniel Ricardo from yesterday. Yeah, um, lots, of, lots of good energy right now. Uh, I just want to, yeah, I just want to rip my shirt off. And, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I look, I'm very happy with P4. Like, it's, it's an amazing result for us as a team. But so on one hand, I think the result is crazy. But, uh, but already from yesterday, really from the first lap, yeah, I just had a lot, to, a lot of good feeling in the car. And uh, I don't know, just a few a few things that went, let's say, didn't go our way last weekend. I, I certainly carried a little bit of a chip on my shoulder this week. Coming into the weekend, I just, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get back in the car. I was as excited and hungry as I've felt in a very long time. So I'm um, really happy to keep those emotions bottled in and use, use them well on track. And uh, obviously today's half the job, but we'll uh, we'll focus on tomorrow in an hour or so. But I think for the next hour, we'll, we'll enjoy this. And 
feels very, very, very nice. We could briefly focus on tomorrow now. What are the chances in 24 hours I'm going to be talking to you as somebody who's finished P4 or higher? What are your expectations? Uh, that would be, well, I, on one hand, I say that would be awesome and like crazy, but I, I don't know if I should use the word crazy because I think we today wasn't a fluke. You know, I think Q1, Q2, Yuki was great and gave us a, a slipstream. Um, so that definitely gave us, you know, that, that extra little uh, tenth or two to, to get in. But uh, Q3 was, we were out there on our own and we had raw pace, you know. So I think from that point of view, no fluke. We've got the pace to do it. I mean, you would expect the, the top teams to maybe show a little bit more on, on long runs, but uh, personally, I feel great in the car. I feel confident, so I'll put up a fight. And if we're here, P4 or somewhere around here tomorrow, I think we'll be pretty happy. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh... anyway, I won't, I, won't, I won't think that far ahead right now, but uh, definitely want to stay, enjoy it, but also stay focused on tomorrow because uh, yeah, as I said, half the job's done. I'm still keeping, keeping that fire in the belly for tomorrow. Jonathan, you've done the math on this, haven't well, you? Well, and he he will officially rip his shirt off, and were he to finish fourth or one step higher, he could move the Alpha Tory team from dead last to one point behind seventh place Williams with a third. Wow. Now, fourth would put him a couple of points behind Williams, but it would leapfrog both Haas and uh, uh, Alfa Romeo. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and like you said, it, it, was, it's not, it wasn't some fluke. I mean, Chris, what do you think about this? I mean, you think this possibility of them holding position? I think there's a chance, yeah, because of the way he's speaking. It, it, you know, he said similar, didn't he, when we grabbed him live on the show yesterday, that the car is not a 10th place car in this Constructors' Championship anymore. It's been upgraded. It's stronger. This weekend, it's been quicker throughout. I'm actually stood near him right now. He's just going through uh, the feelings he's had of the car on the way to the grid with his engineers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, one, it looks strange to see the AlphaTauri so high up the grid. Not strange to see Ricardo so far up it, to be honest. But he he didn't want to say, oh, I've done a brilliant job. That's it. My day's, my weekend's peaked. He didn't really big himself up yesterday. He, he almost said, no, no, I, I can follow this tomorrow as in today. So I think that's the real sign of his mindset as well, that he doesn't think the job's done. And it is interesting that Jonathan said about those points, yeah, that we can actually consider maybe, just maybe, uh, they could be on the table. But, I mean, I look behind him. We've got Sergio Perez directly behind him uh, in fifth place. I'll say directly uh, over his left shoulder. And then it'll be Lewis Hamilton directly behind him in sixth. So, hmm. quick cars, quick drivers. Uh, you know, he's he's got nearly a clean look. He's got the back of uh, Carlos Sainz's car and then the long, long run of Turn 1. And I'm looking over the back of Sainz's Ferrari and I can't see Turn 1. It's that far away. All the way down the straight, it kind of fades into the distance can just about see the little white marker boards for the braking point. And right now there's uh, marshals on the track cleaning it up. But uh, you can't make out what those numbers are on the boards it's so far. So a really, really long run where it could be make or break. It could be that Ricardo ends up having a great start, makes positions and it looks even better. Could have a poor getaway and he drops four, five, six spots. So uh, yeah, th those are going to be crucial seconds for this race. Chris, I love talking strategy, uh, and there is a, a strategy that I'd like your take on, which is that of McLaren's. They're, they always seem to go a different direction than most, and given that Norris is starting so far back, but they are competitive, um, and Piastri somewhat midfield, what's your take on what they might do? Well, so Piastri is in the top 10, isn't he? So I don't think they'll go too radical with Piastri 
Green Spell. Uh, I think they'll kind of just try and play that one on raw pace, hope he gets a good start, and almost almost hold station. I mean, they're ahead of the Aston Martin, so they don't have to worry about that. But maybe behind them, uh, sorry, ahead of them, Ferrari looked a bit out of reach. But I've got Mario Isla here in front of me right now. Mario, I've been asked about if you're a driver out of position, what do you do today? So Yuki Tsunoda, Lando Norris, what's uh, an alternative option to try and make progress, do you think? Well, I would uh, start uh, with a harder compound because uh, for sure Lando is quicker than some of the drivers in front of him. Uh, so he can, in any case, overtake with a hard compound. And then he has a possibility to decide for the last stint, if it is a one-stop race, to fit the soft or the medium. Probably the medium, but uh, with uh, only 15 laps, 12 laps to the end, the soft is also a good option. Okay, and then for those at the front, you think it's just medium-hard? Is it, is it a simple choice? Medium-hard for the guys in the top. Uh, and obviously, if the level of degradation is higher than expected, they have uh, the possibility to fit an extra set of medium at the end. Or... The soft if, if they don't have a second set of uh, medium available. A bit warmer today though, isn't it, than maybe than expected? Uh, it's a bit warmer, yes. Uh, I believe that the track evolution is playing a bigger part compared to the temperature. Okay, well, we'll look forward to seeing how it plays out. Thanks for your input. So well, there you go. <laughs> I was about to say, thanks for that. <laughs> experienced voice than me, yeah. Yeah, you can't get a better answer than that. That's the top man. So, that, And that's exactly what I thought would be the case, which is, you know, I think Lando will almost certainly do that, which is go long because um, he's competitive. And, and if he can get that tyre up to temperature, it'll still play to him if there's a, you know, a schmozzle at the first corner because he'll be on that hard tyre. He won't need to come in. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Chris, what, what do you think about the way, like Jonathan, the things he's describing that comes in my mind is that, you know, Mexico is so different with the 7,400 foot altitude, the yeah. thin air and the, the heating, the lack of cooling, all those things that play it makes everything kind of a wild card, doesn't it, Chris? It does, yeah. It's a real challenge. Uh, different uh, situations, atmospheric conditions, uh, but... If you want to start anywhere at this race, you want to start on the front row. I and mean, that's what Fred Vasseur's got. Fred, stood by Charles' car. You've got Carlos alongside him. Right now, you must be so excited to get this race going because all the opportunities seem to be in front of you. Yeah, for sure. But um, it's also the, the longest one before turn one. And we know that the slip swim is important. But uh, we have to be focused on ourselves again to do the best start and not to think about the others. And then uh, I think we... Prepared pretty well the race also on cooling and so, but let's be focused on ourselves. And does that mean you've spoken to each other though, the two drivers, about the way they might want to play it? Because this is the the worst case scenario when you start to build up a plan. They know that uh, they have to take care of each other, but this is like we saw in Singapore. You really prioritised the car that could win the race uh, and worked as a team. Is that kind of the approach again today? Yeah, yeah, but uh, today is a bit different because we don't know what will be the situation after the. Until turn one, but for sure, for the championship, the situation is quite good for us, and it's important to score good points, and uh, we keep it in mind. Uh, good luck, thank you. Good interview. I mean, you know yeah. that, that that it is a really interesting day for Ferrari. Both drivers in the drivers' championship, you know, wanting to beat each other. But uh, more importantly, Ferrari needs some constructors' points, and they need a good result. They need a, they need they need two of them on the podium in this particular race. And you'd say they've got a chance wouldn't you it, yeah from where they're starting but sure. also just as we were starting to talk about there before i uh, grabbed fred with these conditions track position is so important because i will keep sort of hammering at home we, we quite often see a processional race here because 
a car that's following another car overheats very quickly. And they have to drop back a few seconds, find cleaner air to cool their own car. But if you drop back, then you lose that ability to undercut or overcut strategically. You're also not right there to make an overtaking move. So it does become harder to switch positions. So as Fred said, the start, they don't know where they'll be after turn one. But if they're in a good position after turn one, there's every chance they'll be in a good position come the end of the race. Yeah, and it does make for – I hadn't really given much thought to this until yesterday and, and, and listening to what everybody was writing and saying was, you know, how do you race hard but not get too close to the car in front and overheat? Uh, it's a really yeah. double-edged sword, isn't it? I think it's an impossible uh, scenario, mm-hmm. really. It, it, that's why they all talk about the start here because, I mean, I'm stood by Max Verstappen's car now and he is definitely going to be thinking, if I can tuck into the clerk's slipstream, then I'll and I get close enough. Then sites can't come and block me, so I can get a, a get a run on Leclerc. Mm. And the track is wide enough until the braking zone. Uh, we saw it was it two years ago here. I think Max did it or three. Uh, sorry, must have been must be going back further than that. Maybe 2019, uh, where Max got a run on the two Mercedes that were ahead of him and went round the outside on the brakes and took the lead into turn one from third place. He'll be thinking the exact same thing here. So even those on the second row or even the third row are, are thinking of going forwards, and it's probably the the race where the pole sitter is most nervous about losing their leads uh, compared to other tracks. Yeah. I was thinking about the physics of braking too. You got these long straight, right? But you don't have the air. The, the, the air is less dense, so the cooling is not there. You also have less dense air with less drag, so more energy required in braking. So, I mean, braking is, is – the, the physics behind that is also really fascinating too, all that going on too. But um, All right, guys, we got to – uh, squeeze in a quick break here well, and when we come- if, before we do can yes. i squeeze in a quick interview actually i've grabbed uh red bull team principal christian horner because absolutely go for it start, funnily enough yeah how do you, you expect this to play out when you've got two ferraris ahead of you are they gonna have their elbows out and be trying to block max do you think i think any plan that you have is likely to go out the window so uh yeah you just gotta try and make a good start and it's a long long run down to turn one yeah we just try and find some space and survive that first lap and then get into the race we were saying as well, it's tough to follow here. It's tough to, yeah, you can, your car can overheat. Yeah, is it still? Sure. Yeah, the, uh, the cars get very hot because the air is very thin, but uh, yeah, that's the same for everybody. Do you have the pace you think, though, to overtake on track, or do you have to find clean air and new strategy? I think we're going to find out in about half an hour. Oh, get your crystal <laughs> ball out, you can guess. Oh, hopefully, look, we've always had good race pace, but Mercedes as well had good race pace on Friday, so... It might not just be about Ferraris and Red Bulls today. It might be about Mercedes as well. And, of course, Daniel's a wild card. Yeah, he's got to be nice, though, hasn't he, to your guys? He's done a great job. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's he's going to be going for it down into turn one. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, we look forward to watching it. Thank you very much, Christian. Hmm. Nice. Nice, Chris. Way to keep pressing him, too. <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, it, it is a good point. Um, yeah. You know, will he be not? You know, will he try to help? But no, I, I think he's going to go for but for glory. Yeah, he, he doesn't care what what engine he's driving. Yeah. All right, we'll get that break in now, and we'll come back and get you ready for the Mexico City Grand Prix right after this. So, you, what do you mean with no foreigners? We've got Udan, Thailand. That's our that's our number one fan. I know. He's every yeah, week. Yeah, yep. Yep. Uh, let's see. There was a couple of comments I saw here. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, TW says, is a shoey possible? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go there, but uh, he, t- he was saying he'd, 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 he'd take his shirt off. But yeah, no, a shoey is absolutely possible. 
I got a good stat for us when we come back about Daniel Ricardo. Uh, Andy P. Pulling for Lando, overtaking uh, an Lando, a Lando overtaking exhibition today. Cars fast. They just got too cute with things yesterday. Yeah, they'll probably see quite a bit of passing from Lando. Uh, yeah, I want to try and find him if I can, actually. I'm going to yeah. risk a walk and talk along the pit lane if I can get to him, uh, which might mean we drop out, but bear with us, listeners. Hey, Max Godfrey says nice stuff. He says, I'll have to say it was great to hear you guys at, while I was at the track last weekend on the PA. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Max. Man, I didn't tell Thank you guys, you. but I was dealing with a kidney stone all weekend last weekend. <laughs> if I sounded strained, that's what was going on in my world last weekend. So I survived that somehow. You sounded fine. That's not what my mom said. Okay. All right. What else we got, boys? Um, I'm going to go to a cool stat about Daniel Ricardo. And uh, let's see. Just checking Twitter and checking everybody else. See what's happening. Um, I also want to shout out to uh, Beerman. Um, seemingly, of those that tested, T.O. Paul oh, yeah. didn't get to. But of the young guys or the young F2 guys that got to test, I think Beerman was the one that most people have been writing about as being really impressive. Mm -hmm. He was the fastest of them, and he was in a has. Um, but, you know, he, he, um, he, he everybody seemed very impressed with what he did in a short space of time. Mm, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, he was Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Go on, get a little out there into the big-hearted heart of Nevada. Nevada is yours to explore with 10 iconic road trips full of uncommon curiosities and delightful contradictions. Engines roaring, hearts and mountains, and bluebirds soaring. Nevada is everything but boring. It's full of wide-open wonder. In fact, there are 60 million acres of public space to explore and adventure. This is the place to discover just something strange, to feel intrigued, and to feel alive, and to leave better for it. Nevada's heart is historic, and here and now, down to earth and out of this world, neon lit and starlit too. Nevada is a place you can be you, or explore a new side of you, and do the things you never thought you'd do. Find unexplained art, have a pecan punch to fill your heart. Go on, get a little out there, start planning your trip at travelnevada.com. All right, boys. Um, I said I had a cool stat about Daniel Ricardo, and the, the stat is the last time Daniel qualified in the top five was in Monza 2021. And he won the yeah, race. That's right. Speaking of shoeys, somebody commented during the break on YouTube that said, is it a possibility of a Daniel Ricardo shoey? Well, the, there was a shoey that day. I think there's a photo running around out there of that too. But I, I thought I tell you what, it, 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 forget what I said earlier about the points. What would it do mentally for him to finish oh fourth today, or or even score heavy? Yeah, it'd be really massive. Good. Yeah, you know, I mean, look today, just getting here, P four yesterday. Yeah, is, it was pretty impressive. It's pretty huge for his. You know, we talk about the mental side. Of, yeah, yeah, you said it, but we talk about that all the time in drivers. Well, you could see how tickle pinky was. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, Chris, what's going on around you, buddy? So I've positioned myself near the McLaren garage to see if I can grab Lando Norris when he appears. I can see Oscar Piastri just sat in there. Seems to be his ritual now. He just sits on one of the fold-out chairs, watching the screens, just on his own. Uh, just kind of taking a second, I think, of being calm. So he's not getting bothered by anyone. Sadly, it's across a threshold I'm not allowed to 
cross, big red line that uh, defines the pit lane from the team garage. But uh, yeah, he seems very calm. But Lando nowhere to be seen right now. I'm just trying to make sure I'm hovering somewhere where he may appear. I've also seen, though, another very popular McLaren driver, but one that's not racing. Pato O'Ward is here. Uh -huh. He is getting swamped on the grid. So uh, if I manage to bump into him at the right time, I'll just see how he's enjoying it. But we had him on wheel to wheel, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, and he said he'd be here and kept very busy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's uh, hugely, hugely popular at his home race. I want you to catch up with him because he is one of those ones that holds no punches and says exactly what's on. He's a really fascinating character, isn't he, Chris? It was fun having him on. Have we lost him? We may, we may have lost Chris. While we're checking on that. Uh, I lost you guys there for a split second. Sorry about that. Oh, I was just saying it was I, – I just – I'm hoping you do catch up with Pat O'Ward because I love his totally frank – discussions i mean he does not pull punches does he no no he does not and to be honest uh, i think he might be a better target for me right now because uh i seem to lose you guys when i go to the mclaren garage so i'm going to go back to the grid where pato was and <laughs> if i could time it right then we'll see if we get lando after the national anthem but uh yeah going back to the chaos right now where the engines are firing up yeah there you go well, hey, hey, Chris, I'm going to do my best Bob Varsha imitation since he's not with us for the pre-show and just run down the grid. I'm not going to do the full Bob Varsha on you. I'm just going to give, make sure everybody, especially if you're in your car, I think about people listening, they'll make sure just a refresher. But on pole, Charles Leclerc, and right behind him, his teammate, Carlos Sainz. So Ferrari's locking out the front row, followed by Max Verstappen and the Red Bull coming up, charging hard, and we'll see how that plays out. Then fourth, Daniel Ricciardo. Fantastic. We've been talking about him all show. And fifth, and Sergio Perez, uh, probably not exactly where he wanted to be today in his home race, but he's in the top five, so there's uh, could be worse. And right behind him, Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes, followed by Oscar Piastri in the McLaren. And uh, sandwiching Piastri in the other Mercedes is George Russell, followed by two Alfa Romeos, Valtteri Botas in ninth and Joe Guan Yu in tenth. And behind them in 11th is Pierre Gasly in the Alpine, then followed by Nico Hulkenberg in the Haas. Alonso down in 13 in the Aston Martin. Continued slide for the Aston Martin team. And right behind Alonso, Alexander Albon in the Williams, looking good again and had a, had a rough qualifying and thought he might have even... This, this, yeah, this is ahead. where I interrupt you, John, because I found <laughs> Pato. And John in the studio wanted me to grab you, Pato. How tired are you? I'm not very tired. I'm having fun. I just went to the other side of the stadium. Man, it's the best, the best fans. It's awesome. It's such a good vibe and everybody's ready to party. <laughs> well, will there be a party today? Do we reckon what can McLaren do? Because it looks tough for Lando. Um, I think, I mean, definitely both cars in the podium, definitely a party. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be tough, especially for Lando. But if we get some help, maybe by a safety car or something in the right time, I think we'll be in good hands. And then for you, what's next when you're heading back to the UK to get ready for your uh, Abu Dhabi run? I actually have my training camp starting tomorrow. Uh, Abu Dhabi prep, and then I go to London simulator, straight to Abu Dhabi. Great stuff. Well, we look forward to seeing you. How you go there? Good, Ha, huh, Chris, it was perfect. It was exactly like the Bob Varsha imitation because it got interrupted right in the middle. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's also got Velocity. He's supposed to be going to Velocity, Invitational in Sonoma. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you'll be there. Yep. All right, let's continue on. we just got a few more to go. Esteban Ocon in 15th in the Alpine, and then the other Haas car, Kevin Magnussen in 16th. And again, Lando Norris, like we just spoke about, is going to be starting 17th in the other McLaren. Yuki Tsunoda 
in the other AlphaTauri down in 18th, followed by Logan Sargent in the Williams, and of course uh, with his grid penalty. And then Lance Stroll also starting because of a penalty down in 20th. And uh, Chris, what was the uh, issue? Point. Sorry, Lance Stroll is from the pit lane. Ah, Yes, yes, so thank you, I'm, thank you. I can't believe I forgot to bring this up, didn't I? So Stroll starts in the pit lane. They've changed the specification of his car. A bit like happened in Austin, where uh, Aston Martin started both cars from the pit lane. This time, they've only done it with Stroll's car to revert to the spec that they had in Qatar. Uh, and Alonso stays on the upgraded car. Now, I was speaking to Tom McCulloch earlier from Aston Martin, who was saying, coming here after what they learned in Austin, they were quite confident that they were going to be more strong with their upgraded car because they would be honing it for the low-speed corners here. They'd be able to focus on one aspect, whereas Austin's an all-round test. But they've struggled all weekend. They think it caught them out. They weren't expecting to struggle so much. So in the end, with Stroll, they've gone, you know what? The date is more important. It's a sprint weekend next time out in Interlagos. It looks like it might rain, so that'll be tough to get data there. So we're going to split the strategies again today. Two different setups, two different specifications of car, uh, and get more data over race distance, which means for Stroll, he has to start from the pit lane, uh, whereas Alonso, no changes for him, so he's still starting from his grid spot. Let's hear from Lance Stroll right after qualifying yesterday. Yeah, really tricky. Birthday tomorrow. Is there anything that suggests that it might be a more positive day for tomorrow? Um, we'll see what we can do. And with the upgrades, are they starting to come together when you're feeling that in the long run pace? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Okay, thank you. That's why I played that. I, I don't know. I'm, He's I'm kind of, isn't he? I'm kind of sick of this. I don't know, just personally. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know Petulant. that he's struggling. But it's coming. It's it's coming off really bad, in my opinion. You're not, you know, Chris. You're there seeing him face to face. Do you do you differ? With I'm here, and I've got Valtteri Bottas actually. So huh. we were just talking about Lance Stroll, Valtteri. But we want to talk about your race, starting from the top ten. What do you think you can do today? I think we're going to get points today. Um, very good. I think the pace has been there since lap long run. So um, yeah, ready to fight. And how hard is it though this race when you're in traffic, trying to get clean air, trying to keep the car cool? You're trying to keep cool now with your ice pack on, but how tough to in the car as well? It's a lot of bad expense in this race. And uh, yeah, it's not easy, but uh, same for everybody. Good luck. Thank you. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, nice job. Yeah. How's the mustache on today? And the, and the mullet? It's looking good. It's looking very good. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you guys could hear him because I couldn't because uh, Carlos Sykes' engine was being fired up as we walked past. Which, again, <laughs> I'll apologize to listeners if you hear us shouting and it sounds like we shouldn't be. Uh, but we can't hear each other. And uh, this microphone seems to drown out all the outside noise for you, which is great, but it means that uh, naturally myself and whoever I'm talking to is shouting to each other so we can hear each other. Well, it's funny, Chris, because we didn't hear any of that. But hey, Chris, if you can hear me, I just want to ask you what you thought about Lance Stroll and and the way, you know, I I just don't like the way he's answering these questions. And he just seems like Jonathan said petulance, but you see him face to face. Is he just frustrated? Is it, can we give him a pass because of frustration? I don't think we give him a pass. He's been like this for quite a while now. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that he's not going to be happy about the way things are going. He's not going to be in a good mood when he's had a, a poor weekend or a poor qualifying session. But lots of drivers have poor weekends, poor qualifying sessions. So they come out yep. and they explain them. Stroll's issue seems to be that even when he has a good day and people are saying, you yeah, know, that was great, wasn't it? How did it feel? Well done. You know, positive stuff. He still is just like, yeah, it's all right. It, it, it's... He's not helping himself. He doesn't endear himself to, I think, the wider fan base because of that attitude. 
Uh, and it means when he had a good day like last weekend, like great race that he pulled off in Austin. But we're not talking about his great race in Austin. We're talking about his petulance here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think he needs to he needs to work harder at that. But it, part of the problem is there's nobody in that team brave enough to go to him. Right. And say, hey, come on, like put some more effort in. No one's saying step it up. They're, 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 they're afraid of the repercussions. So he's allowed to go unchecked. And in that sense, it's kind of not his fault until someone tells him to his face, you can't do this. So uh, well, Chris, yeah, I wish someone in the team Chris, his, his dad, his family should step up because they will see this. Well, exactly. But I fear that it's actually the family that kind of allow yeah. him to you know, not have to worry about it. They're not bothered. You know, his, his position's safe. They're not worried about the image he's got that much. Mm. Uh, and it's a shame because there are times like he can drive a car and drive it very quickly when that car is in the right window. And Aston Martin have actually used this weekend to make that very point. You look at Fernando Alonso, he's really struggled too here. He's had three spins over the weekend so far. You know, he dropped out in Q2. It, it's not like Alonso's put the car in the top 10 again like he was earlier. The car is that difficult that both drivers are struggling. So they're saying when you get on Lance's back, this is a sign of how hard that car can be. And even someone as great as Fernando can't get his head around it every time. So it, it does, you know, there's a bit of understanding there that it's been tough for Aston recently. But I, the stroll does need to just put a bit more of a face on it and, and kind of just try that little bit harder because it will pay him back. I mean, it just is like, it's as though he's not enjoying being in Formula One. It, to me, it just comes off as a spoiled brat. Well, it's just the way yeah. it's, it's, way it's no coming. Way it. yeah. That's the way, that's way it's coming off right now. And I know it's frustrating, And but yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be about less than 15 minutes from the Mexico City Grand Prix right after this. Yeah, you know, Lance Stroll was one of those people who really kind of treated me like garbage a few years ago. And I kind of forgot about it, honestly. I forgot about it because he oh, yeah. stopped doing that. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's, you know, back to it. But, hey, we got some good comments on uh, on YouTube. Um, Andy P says, warmest USGP I can remember. Yep, that's what I keep telling people. They, they keep moving it further back in October here in Austin. They're going to end up with – 100-degree days. Urban McDaniel says, great job on the PA last week. Send a tape to Apple for your audition tape. <laughs> I like that. I like your thinking, Urban. Uh, let's see. TW says, McLaren moving up. Mercedes moving backwards today. But uh, that's all the comments there. See if anybody else on Twitter or anything else. That's all we got for the moment here. Um 13 minutes left in show. I'm interested in what Mercedes can do today. Um, I actually think that both George and Lewis could be competitive. Okay. Yeah. Can't argue with that. What did you put in your notes? She said something about... Oh, you already talked about Ricardo. Uh... Also open up on how useful Nico Hulkenberg has been. Huh, okay. Hmm. Good post-show stuff. Yeah, it's post-show. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. Let's see what McLaren, I mean Mercedes can do today. Uh, let's see what else. I thought it was interesting, Ricardo, sitting in the garage, not on the grid. Because that fourth place would have garnered a lot of media attention. And maybe it was his decision, maybe it was advice from the team, but 
different approach. Okay. All right, coming back. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. The Speed City F1 pre-race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. All right, I hear Chris Medlin's microphone lighting up out there. Chris, got about 10 minutes before the start of the race. What do you see, buddy? I'm seeing drivers coming at me from all angles because they're just leaving from the national anthem. And I'm trying to spot Lando Norris in amongst all this because he's a guy I want to ask about how his day is going to go. But trying to find him in in there, it's a bit of a needle in a haystack kind of thing, even in bright orange. Um, (laughs) But we've just had, yeah, a a really rousing national anthem and then a lot of fireworks go off. And I don't think there were many teams happy to see that because uh, you get bits of debris that drop down into the uh, pit lane then. So they have to sweep their pit boxes to make sure that they're clean. Wow. Yeah, did you guys see on Twitter that the fireworks in Austin firing at the helicopter? They obviously didn't coordinate. And they're saying that it some of the fireworks even hit like one of the rotor blades. Oops. Yeah, I I didn't hear I didn't see confirmation of all that, but I just heard I saw you know I saw a video on Twitter and and I didn't follow up on that. Chris, did you hear anything about that? I saw the video myself, but no, I didn't hear confirmation of anything else. So um, yeah, it did look mighty close on the video, and uh, the fans were kind of almost making light of it, being like, "Oh, that was close," type thing. But, uh, I, yeah, I didn't think it was too close to comfort. As you say, it needs coordination, all this stuff. And there was uh, the helicopter was the other side of the track uh, on this occasion when uh, the fireworks went off here. And they also weren't as high uh, as we saw in Austin. But, yeah, it does take some planning. Chris Lando's in the pit lane with Sky. <laughs> I was about to say, I've, I've completely lost sight of uh, anyone else in the car right He's now. walking past the DHL. Uh, am, so... Oh, no. The DHL's all along. That, He's in the pit lane that... with um, Sky. I was going to say, DHO is the full length. So uh, <laughs> I know. I've now made my way good, into Good help, lane, wasn't it? That may well be too late for him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, that that doesn't surprise me in the sense that he's found a gap uh, to get more quickly. Spotted now. Spotted myself. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to see if he'll speak on the walk. Um, I'll try it anyway. Mm. Lando, very quickly, are you going to put on a show for us today? Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's sort of not what I'm thinking of, but if it turns out that way, then it probably means it's going well. So, uh, yeah, obviously I want to go forward. So I got a lot of cars to overtake, and I think we're capable of doing it. So we'll find out very shortly. Yeah, and what, what did happen yesterday? Why are you so far far down here? Was it a kind of combination of team and driver error? Uh, yes, well done. Um, yeah, I mean, I had one lap, and I had one lap because of some things with my team. Uh, but on that one lap, I also didn't deliver what I needed to do. So a combination of things, it happens. Uh, we have good pace, so we're going to try to use it today. Yeah, go, go and have some fun. Thanks, mate. Great interview. Nice, you caught him, Chris. Hey, Chris, somebody has a... Uh, a social. I, did. I hope you heard it as well. Yes. Oh, we, we did. It sounded perfect. Um, somebody has social media questions said, what happened to Daniel Ricardo's teammate, Yuki Sonoda, yesterday when qualifying? Uh, got a, uh, he, no, he rechanged an engine. He upgraded. Yeah, is that what it was? Chris, are you there? I'm back now. Sorry, I did lose you for a bit. Oh, Somebody was just asking you what happened to Yuki Tsunoda yesterday. 
Yeah, it was a, a power unit change on Friday. So they already knew that he would be starting from the yeah. uh, back of the grid. So it was all planned. Uh, it was a new, a complete new unit That's they took. Right. So every component. Uh, and it meant uh, automatic back of the grid start. And from there, uh, they were like, okay, he can help Daniel Ricciardo. So he gave Ricardo a toe in Q1 and Q2. So yeah. he did a good job to get through Q1, even while helping Ricardo. Uh, and then in Q2, didn't set a lap time, just helped Ricardo and then uh, returned to the pits. But that's what was actually so interesting in terms of Ricardo's Q3 lap, his first lap. His first sector was good, but his second and third sectors were the fastest of anyone at that point. I watched that and it does mean another one to keep an eye on is Sonoda. So, uh, as Lando mm. said, he's got a quick car and he needs to do some overtaking. Sonoda, the same from everything we've seen from Alpha Tauri. And uh, we know. Oh, it's getting busy a down there. Fairly uh, out of context, but he's uh, he struggles to stay calm on the team radio. So, we may well hear some. Uh, fun from him as well but he starts 19th with Norris 18th and because Sargent didn't set a lap time that counted in qualifying he technically didn't qualify for the race and therefore needed to be given approved to start which he gets because of his practice lap times uh, but that's why Sargent starts 20th behind both of those mm. gotcha no good yep. to go it's going to be interesting, this race, because, uh, you know, again, going back to strategy, you've got guys at the back who shouldn't be at the back who can strategize differently because of the fact that they are competitive. And I thought Lando's interview summed it up. You know, it's like he he seemingly uh, feels pretty confident and talked about lots of overtaking to be done, even though this isn't a track that is well, well known for overtaking. Mm. Uh, somebody else asked... Uh, Daniel. Sorry, I was going to say, John. Uh, yeah. It's it's what we wanted to see in terms of mixed up grids. Yeah, it's fast cars yes. at the back because of the fact that it's normally tough to overtake. If everyone had a smooth qualifying, mm. then you, you kind of here you're locked into a more pedestrian race. So, uh, yeah, that those two, I'm I've got high hopes for. I'm really hoping we get to speak to Lando post race and we're saying, cheers, you you gave us uh, gave us some excitement there because cars definitely quick enough. He should have been, I think, top four, top five. Yeah. Um, somebody else says unusual uh, error from Fernando Alonso yesterday. Mm. Don't see that very often from Mr. Alonso. Yeah, yeah that was mentioned. Uh, yeah. yeah, Chris, you're really drop. You're really dropping you out drop now. Right out now. Yeah, having trouble there. But um, uh, what else, Jonathan? Um, I think what he was saying was that the 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 basically Alonso was struggling in different parts, and it was a combination. Uh, and Aston Martin obviously trying out the upgrades that you know that they're, they're, they're not fully on top of it as they weren't in Austin. Yeah, well, it's like I was saying earlier. It's just a continued slide for Aston. It's yeah, it's not great, is it? And it's and then that's that slope is starting to bend a little bit more, you know, instead of just, you know, a, a decline. I mean, it's it's not it's not great for them right now, but I mean, still an amazing season for them. What about Daniel Ricardo's the AlphaTauri, the car in Mexico? I mean, look, we we've talked about him in fourth and fantastic, right? Great. It's going to be one of the funnest thing to watch in this race, hopefully. But do you think the car is particularly suited to what's going on in the thin air in Mexico? Uh, Alf Tori. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know if Chris would agree with this, but I think the thin air 
also helps level the playing field a little bit when it comes to top speed. And, and we've seen the Ferrari engines particularly uh, look good. Um, and so, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a factor because you see Bodas is up there and Alfa Romeo as well. Yep. I mean, and he's been pole here in the past. So, yeah, I, I don't know, um, but that's just a theory. And I wonder if Chris can hear whether he'd agree or wonder why. Yeah. It just uh, Alfa Tori look, look competitive. They do, yeah. I've got you guys. I lost you because I walked through the race control building accidentally. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> and now actually down in the Forest Soul where the atmosphere is building, you've got the the baseball stadium surrounding the track and it's great down here i can tell you this this is one of those very lucky to be here moments but uh it's wow. the honda power unit as well yeah the honda power unit seems to perform well at altitude now it was a real weakness of theirs at one stage uh, but they actually learned i think from renault and red bull maybe had some input on that because if you remember red bull used to be strong here even when they generally weren't with the renault power unit uh, and it is just uh, how efficient that engine is at, at higher altitudes to get air through into the compressor and the turbine and mm. the way everything works together. Um, and it does actually, yeah, change the balance of performance across the engines. And it seems to be that the, certainly the Honda and it looks like the Ferrari, although the way that, you know, yes, we've got both Alfa Romeo's in the top 10, but they've looked okay for the last few races. And the Ferrari front row came as a surprise at the end of qualifying. So it wasn't like we'd seen them be quick the whole way through, like we saw with Ricardo and the Honda uh, power unit. So, I think that also plays a little bit of a part. But as you say, yeah, with any cars that were kind of a bit draggy uh, and, and maybe were a bit slow in the straights normally, that is a reduced impact. Uh, and anyone who had a more efficient car actually maybe are finding that they don't have the same gain from it anymore. Impossible question, but that long run, everybody talked about it. Vassa, uh, we've been watching on Sky all the sort of previous years. But who is your money on for a quick start using that long straight to get into position. Mine would be on Hamilton. Uh, mine's on this. <laughs> also, he's got the perfect blueprint. Who, who's yours? I, I'm I sorry, you, you dropped out then. Who, who uh, did you say? Oh, sorry, everyone. I said Verstappen. Oh, I think yeah, he's, he's got the perfect blueprint from a few yeah. years ago, and, and he can get into that slipstream behind the clerk. And it's just tough. The two Ferrari drivers will be looking at each other they, they kind of want to half defend from each other, but half defend from everyone else. Yeah. Uh, the one I'm kind of nervous about is Ricardo. We've talked mm. about a lot and it could all go south in an instant, couldn't it? If he has a bad start or loses, loses out or has an incident. So I really hope he has a clean one um, because yeah, you don't want to ruin a good, a good story in that sense uh, at the start of the race. Yeah, because right behind him, you've got the, a Red Bull, two Mercedes and a McLaren. Right, I mean, he could easily... He could slip back. But, guys, we're almost out of time here. Real quick, uh, Jonathan, any picks for today? Podium. Charles Leclerc to win. Okay. And? Verstappen second, Hamilton third. Uh, Chris? That's a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give mine. I'll say Max Verstappen. The bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say Verstappen, Leclerc, signs, And one more shot at you, Chris, if we still got you. No. No, we've... Okay, we've... He, he gone home. He's gone. All right. Well, guys, we, uh, we're almost out of time here. So uh, don't forget, you got to stay right here for the race. Channel 81, ESPN Extra, the BBC team. Jonathan, who's on the BBC team today? Do you know? Is uh, Jolien. Yeah, Jolien Palmer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Rosanna Tennant. Yeah. yeah. Has been doing 
mm-hmm. the checker flag stuff. Yep. And then, of course, right after the race, come back to us because we will have a full one-hour post-race show. Uh, Chris Medland with his microphone. And don't know if Bob's going to be able to join us, but if he can, great. Thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you right after the race.